0: Five, four, three, two, one. I know I had to tell yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The earth is flat. Yeah. Bro, you need to check your facts. Black, black. I got high up through the roof. Yeah, yeah. And I landed on the moon. The moon's flat too. In reality, everything is just in 2D. Came from 1983. Besides, crawling up and down the street. While y'all sleep, call me BOB, cause I don't see the curve. Nah. Messing up my vibe, yeah, you got a lot of nerve. Nah. Read a book, nah, I don't wanna learn. Nah. Read a book, nah, I don't wanna learn. Nah. They say that we are cake. We don't say it, we just pray it. I'ma leave it. Now I'ma stay it. Do your research, how much I gotta say it. Earth is flat Bro, you need to check your facts. I got high up through the roof. And I landed on the moon. The moon flat blue. In reality, everything is just in 2D. Came from 1983. Besides, growing up and down the street, but y'all sleep, y'all sleep,
1: sleep. y'all sleep.
0: How you doing? I'm Mikey J, and you're watching season three of KGUP Presents. Thank you for your patronage. And if you like this show and you want to support it, please get a t-shirt. And it's uh, just like this one right here. I love this shirt. It's amazing. Um, and it's only $13, so it's not going to break your bank. We also have hats and sling bags. Just go to www.kgup1065.com forward slash shop. So I'm pretty excited for today's show. In fact, uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised she got back to me so quickly. I mean, if you go to her YouTube page, she's got dozens of videos, and some of them have an upwards of 50,000 views, and she roughly has about 32,000 subscribers, so <laughs> she's been gaining quite a following over the last couple of years. And you know, during the last few months, I've watched probably a hundred hours' worth of her stuff, and uh, I, I still watch. Um, I still I haven't gotten through all of it yet. <laughs> A lot of the videos I've, I had to watch uh, numerous times just to, just to understand it because it's so much information. But if, if you've done any research outside of flat earth, uh, you've probably heard of Michelle Gibson and you've probably discovered our history has been completely hijacked. And if they can hide the shape of the earth, they are certainly capable of lying about our entire history in which they have. Uh, I've watched a lot of videos on, on mud floods and other various topics that are related. And she is by far one of the greatest mud flood researchers. Uh, she's done a lot of research on um, the world fairs, Tartaria, the orphan train, sacred geometry, underground cities, the Moore's paradigm, the, the circular alignments, Star Starfort, Zionism, the great reset of the 1800s the list goes on. Michelle Gibson is probably the most versed in this area, and she would have a PhD in this field if it existed. So without further ado, let's bring her on, Miss Michelle Gibson. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Mikey, and thank you for finding me and thank you for reaching out to me.
0: Oh yeah, of course.
1: I, I haven't been doing this relatively speaking very long. I started blogging and making videos back in 2018 In June. So I've been at it just a little over three years. And prior to that, this was not in my experience. And um, I realized when I started to get the information that I needed to get it out however I could. Um, So writing's completely in my comfort zone. I just make my videos from my blog posts. Um, And the interviews have been new territory for me, but I've been getting more experience all the time. So I'm a lot more comfortable with it. And I realize saying no is not an option. (laughs) You know, people need to know about this so they can really wake up and make different choices about how to respond to each other um, based on the fact that we've all been lied to and manipulated. And based on those lies, people die and, you know, cities are destroyed and countries are destroyed. And, you know, the only ones that are benefiting from that situation are the ones that are creating it in the first place.
0: Right. And, um, yeah, this, this whole topic is, um, it's way deeper and bigger than I ever expected. I mean, just watching like your research and, and the videos and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so much. I, I can't even like comprehend some of the information that I just had to watch, you know, some videos, like, you know, two, three times just to get a grasp of like how big this really is. And it's, it's huge.
1: And I didn't start out where I arrived, Um, and I'll go into that if if that's okay. Um, This is probably as good a time as any uh, to talk a little bit about myself. Um, I just turned 58 on Monday, and I was born in um, the Washington, D.C. area, outside of Washington, D.C. And so I think I started picking up stuff about out-of-place things in the environment when I was young. Um, but I didn't start putting it together until I started doing my own research, what I'm going to talk about in just a moment. Um, but I grew up in Montgomery County, Maryland, um, graduated from high school there in 81, spent a year in junior college, and then I joined the Army to get money for college. And it also allowed me to travel and you know, basically changed my life at that mm-hmm. time. And I really don't think that had I not joined the army, I probably would never have broken away from the family and programming and things like that. You know, I might have, but I I did it in a very dramatic way and I never, I never looked back, you know, essentially I've lived a very different life, lived in a lot of different places. And it's kind of what opened me up to the stream of information that started coming in. um, And that, and I've been interested in alternative history, like in search of, Back in the seventies, eighties, uh, there were TV shows called Unsolved Mysteries and In Search of, and um, oh, Arthur yeah. C. Clarke's Mysterious World, and I love stuff like that. And same here. You know, so I would watch all of that kind of stuff, and I was interested in, particularly in ancient history. Um, I'm glad I didn't major in history because I, it's doubtful I would have been open to receive this. Um, instead, I've just lived a different life and educated myself on the things that were interesting to me and with the internet more and more became available um, with regards to alternative researchers and alternative media um, or you could really start delving into you know people doing their own research and I think it's only been in the last few years that people like me who have no prior experience with any of this have actually been um, getting on YouTube and making videos and, and things like that. I know I'm not the only one. Um, and it seems like there's more and more that are are starting to record their own interest and experience. and with everybody coming together like this, you know it's just really created a community of awake people. And I know for myself, had I not started doing my own research and putting it on videos and getting it out there, I would never have heard of the flood. And um, that's not where my research started. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm an intuitive person. And and so uh, I think I just started asking the right questions. And I just feel like I got all this information in return because I was asking the questions. And I was living when I really, really started to wake up to this civilization that I'm going to talk about. I was living in Oklahoma. I had a friend who is a Moorish American. And he brought the piece about the Moors into my life. But I had already taken a workshop on sacred geometry. I knew about that. I was already interested in megaliths and ancient history. Mm -hmm. I had already watched researchers that were dousing and tracking earth energy lines. And I learned about their research. But my own original research started when um, I was traveling with friends of mine in Oklahoma and one of my friends gave me a map of north of actually it's the world it's a flat map um i'm i'm just going to say my i'm not driven by whether the earth is a plane or a planet mm-hmm. um i've come across information that supports the whole idea that our perception of space and time was tampered with and i'm very open to it but um frankly i care more that there are beings that want us dead <laughs>
0: <laughs> than, yeah. whether,
1: than whether the earth is flat around, I'll just put that out there. Okay, we can debate that another time. We the can all issue- agree.
0: <laughs> we we can all agree that there's controllers and they don't like yes. us very much and they want us exactly. dead.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what my point is. It's like okay, you know, because yeah. you know I'm open to the whole subject. Um, I have questions both ways, and I tend to land on the side of sacred geometry. So if anything. I'm most comfortable saying the Earth is a Taurus, which is a donut shape. But, right. um, but the reality is there are very evil beings that have done all of this, and I'll talk about what this is in just a moment, um, and they don't like us. Yeah, They need us and they don't like us, and they have no regard for human life. Right. And um, we're kind of in the mess that we are right now worldwide because their plans got very advanced and um the good news is people are waking up and and i do believe that um i do believe in a brighter future and we just have to get through this what we're in right now um so anyway my research started when i connected the dots of cities of north america and my map is tattered um but i found a star tetrahedron also known as the star of david when i connected major cities And places in North America. And I started it in Edmonton as a top of here. That's Edmonton. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: then I connected the major cities going down towards Ottawa. Ottawa's right here. I found these cities going down that way. And then I was able to connect it back up to Edmonton. And and this is because I had had um, an education in sacred geometry. So I knew what it was. And I thought, well, maybe I can find another one. And so... By knowing the, you know, basic layout of the star tetrahedron, I was able to find a second one. Huh. And the bottom point is at Merida in Mexico.
0: Are and, there islands uh, in in the waters where the, the star um kind of like extends? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: There are. And um, you know, it's interesting. I, I have a place up here, the alignment goes right through Isle Ro- Isle Royale in um off the top of my head i'm not sure which of the great lakes it's in um but that's where ancient copper mines are located and i had read about the hmm. ancient copper mines in isle royale long before i found this so that are al- that stuck out in my mind and i actually made a little note about it here um and then i extended the lines out i'd been studying and other researchers and people enough to know that's what this civilization was very precise. And so once I started to, to plot cities and places that were in alignment and some of them were in circles, big circles, and some of them were a long line around the world. um, I started writing them down on spreadsheets. And so my research started following these places in alignment and I've got like 18 or 19 pages here. And that was where my research started and um like i said i had a a Moorish american friend that showed up in my life around 2013 Mm -hmm. and uh i knew him from a unity spiritual life center in oklahoma city and he brought he was very quiet i mean he didn't tell me this stuff but he was with me as i was learning about it and he knew he was a Moor, but like so many other people um a lot of what we traveled and experienced together brought back um, information that he needed. And I needed him to understand about the Moors and how beautiful they are and the higher consciousness and bringing in Moorish teachers and so forth. Um, and I was completely open to it because I knew something was really wrong. And um, when I say more, M O O R. Goes back to Lemuria. So the Washita Moors, MU apostrophe U R S, are still alive today. Um, the Washita Empire was North America. It's matriarchal, ruled by an empress, and ruled by an empress, empress to this day, even though the empire is not recognized anymore. Um, and it just I was living in a part of the country that was the heart of the Waauta Empire. so I was starting to once I started to see things, I saw it everywhere um earthworks, buildings, you name it. So it was just a gradual process really of waking up to what was there and it the the more I started looking into different things, the more information came in
0: right? yeah, because whenever you watch like these old shows and programs, you know like, unsolved mysteries and in search of, and then, you know, ancient aliens, they always talk about these ancient civilizations that were possibly built by aliens or, you know, Atlantis and all these like, you know, science, almost science fiction type of like realities. And they never, you know, no one has ever really talked about the Moors. And I, I've always been curious because, you know, I've heard like jokes inside of movies and like, you know, Roman, uh R- roman style movies and you know they they'll kind of like bring up more as if over, everyone already knows what they who they are and i never really got had any reference to what what people they were and how vast they were you know vast of a civilization they were because it's been like completely hidden
1: right and the only ones that know are the ones at the top Um, probably top-of-secret societies like Freemasonry, the ones that have done this know exactly who the Moors are, and they're the ones that are the most targeted. And um, it's not at all what we've been taught, our history and our relationships with each other. It wasn't all about war and disease and fighting. Um, It was actually a beautiful civilization that was integrated, Tataria was part of it, but there were also other empires. And yeah. um, I, I have to believe they were completely integrated because otherwise you wouldn't have the same things showing up everywhere. And that includes you know, electric streetcar systems that look the same, rail systems, subway systems. Um, and the stories they give us for th- what we are told just don't add up. The right. dates don't add up. The technology that we were supposed to have in the late 1800s early 1900s doesn't add up Mm
0: -hmm. i think
1: if anything they were digging it out and not actually building it and i think the same goes for the building of places like north america where there wasn't supposed to be anything and so and you know instead of building it the so-called immigrants or whoever they were um were actually digging things out and the the controllers, the 1%, 13 families, whatever you want to call them, the ones that sucked up all the wealth of the world and took over everything um, by building themselves into it. I mean, they were there at the ground level so they could take over the railroads and take over manufacturing that probably didn't exist in the form that we know it today, but right. they turned it into a, a profit-making enterprise and they started monetizing resources, you know, Fishing and lumber and you know cutting down and selling, and it wasn't like that before
0: <laughs> right I'm, yeah, sure, I'm, sure,
1: I'm sure the ancients used but they used resources, but they didn't overuse them, or they didn't just sell them to make a profit they They used them in some way that was respectful
0: yeah, you know if Definitely, you've done yeah. any type of traveling you know worldwide or even local in the North America, I mean you can see. These monolithic structures, and I had always, you know, looked at them in awe, and like, how did they build these in the eighteen hundreds or early eighteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds? There's no way. We didn't even have the technology to move that type of structure from one place to the next, and we're we're meant we're expected to believe that you know the horse and buggy, you know, were able to drag these massive stones. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Just by whipping people.
1: (laughs) Even if you look at the narrative just a little bit and compare it with what's actually there, it falls apart. Yeah. And they count on us not being awake enough to ask the questions or to think critically. And critical thinking was removed from the educational curriculum back in the 1850s, which is when I think the reset actually got underway. Mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it started in earnest around 1830. I think by 1850, 1851, they had the Crystal Palace Exhibition in London and they kicked it off. They kicked off the New World Order timeline. They said, look at what we've done with all the technology that was there. And they were showcasing the original technology. And then either they destroyed it or they hid it away or they used it in secret. And I think the history of the World's Fairs since that time up for the next hundred years was that process? Um, they were using these world fairs as some kind of programming device, um, for one. Um, and then they were also saying, "Oh, well, we built these on a temporary basis, and that's why we destroyed everything just about afterwards." And <laughs> and so you might so you might have a few of the buildings still standing, like Chicago has um, a museum actually two buildings that I know of that were supposed to have been part of the world's fair. But if you look at pictures, pictures of the 1893 Chicago world's fair, there's just like this beautiful ancient Greco looking architecture that's no longer there. And, um, you know, so that's one thing say they took credit for it. Like all the architecture and all the canals and all the railroads and, you know, you name it. Um, So they, they took it out of the. They didn't teach us about it. They took critical thinking out of the curriculum, and then they brought in alcohol. Um, distilleries and breweries started showing up in mass around the 1830s, starting around the 1830s and then onward. Um, other drugs, you know, today it's opiates, but the opiates have been around for, for a while. Um, wow. you know, so f- flooding the market with drugs. Uh, creating these addictions um, so that people wouldn't wake up to what's actually real.
0: So they were distracted.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're distracted. Yeah. Um, You know, taught to, you know, program to spend money, you -hmm. know, so, uh, so consumerism becomes the big driver. And then um, you have things like video games where you just keep plunking quarters in like you do with, Slot machines, you know, over and over again, and you know, tapping into those addictive tendencies right. um, that we're prone to under the right circumstances.
0: Um, so they they had a knack for for mind control even way back then because it, it didn't start with Edward Bernays. It it started way before that, and he just kind of like perfected it for the current era.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think there were certain people that were held up Freud was in there um Bernays and Bernays was a relative of his I believe Uh, and others as well um and they were part of this you could call it deep state or you know whatever Mm -hmm. whatever was behind this very organized very deliberate dumbing down of the masses so we would be easily controllable because they know who we are, and we don't know who we are, so after and that these, was sent deliberately,
0: sorry about that. um, so after these mud floods, this is when all the the control the, the the mind control and the reprogramming came along. So, how do you think this cataclysmic event happened in the first place? I mean, obviously, I mean, I mean, there was program. I mean, you, I think you put up a video where there, there was like all these like television shows, and you kind of put it all together. And obviously, there was an underground civilization underneath the major cities. And
1: yeah, there's a, there's a ton of underground infrastructure all over the earth. Um, so it's very viable that both survivors of the original civilization and the controllers had a place to live until the surface became livable again mm-hmm. um and my belief is that they dug up enough of the infrastructure out of the mud flow to get civilization restarted and then um you know our history since then has been clearing things out and electrifying and you know when streetcars were first started running in the 1850s or so 1860s they were pulled by mules and horses then they're electrified for about excuse me, for about 30 or 40 years, and then all of a sudden they're gone because there's cars and buses to -hmm. replace them. And I think that was planned. I think they used them until they had a replacement. Um, And then who makes money from cars and gasoline? The controllers, you know, standard oil, and, you know, all those guys. So... um, Sorry. (laughs) You know, so they just they just replaced it with something that they could control. Yeah, and then got rid of it. And there's just a few places that have functioning streetcars, and it used to be all over.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I, I found a history of a streetcar in Manaus, Brazil, which is in the heart of the Amazon rainforest, and the story about how they say it got there just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> Europeans did it when they got here for the rubber industry. It's like yeah, right.
0: Yeah. And in in those videos, I mean, they had, there's one particular scene in in that video. I'll have to put it in the description, but, um, they were saying how the city intentionally decided to bury the entire city, you know, 10 to 15 feet deep and everybody had to agree to it. And it, it was like, and then they tried to say that, or that, um, Everyone had to build below the ground, but it didn't really. It, it None of it makes sense. Why would you build something in, intentionally to fall apart? Because when, when they were going underground in, in these first floors, it was all rubble. It looked like as if there was a cataclysmic mud flood event, and it buried everything on that first floor. So there, there was no way that was planned, and uh, no one would build something that that kind of structure to being complete rubble where they would have to build, you know, you know, use the second floor as the first floor. It, none of it makes, makes any coherent sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's the only story they have. So they tell yeah. it over and over again, um, to explain, you know, say this like cities like Seattle were were raised up.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. You know, and
1: people lived in these really weird, uh, ways over the next couple of years on how they got around the town while it was being done. And, you know, it it, it really doesn't add up. And how I think it happened, I mean, there's a lot of a lot more mud flood researchers than researchers doing exactly the same kind of research I'm doing. But I'm open to a number of different possibilities. But what I would stand firm on is that it was deliberate mm-hmm. that they used some kind of technology. Um, or some kind of black magic or something to create this cataclysm Um, could have been underground you know uh, direct energy weapons it could have been you know herd mining type related things Um, I just don't think it was a random event right I don't think there would have been any way to have this level of organization in terms of bringing us back to some kind of civilization if it had been like an an extinction level event from, you know, space weather or whatever. Um, I think it was definitely deliberately planned. Um, I think these negative beings were trying to take advantage of a situation where I, I think human beings have a lot more connection to source and spirit than what we've been taught and that we're very powerful. And so they don't want us to know that. And especially Mm -hmm. together, we're very powerful, individually and as a collective. And so they removed our understanding of our connection to source as well as the rest of the universe. Um, So to get back to what you were saying about ancient aliens is, I believe ancient humans built the infrastructure, but that there was a relationship with other galactic communities, that we weren't living in a bubble or quarantine or in a vacuum. Um, I think we were highly advanced and there was a relationship Um, because you hear about uh, Stargates, you hear about time travel, you know, there's so many different aspects to the knowledge that we had at one time that, you know, again, I think we were very advanced and I'm grateful for shows like ancient aliens because if (laughs) the show was called ancient humans, it would have, been off the air a long time ago yeah but they can get away with it because it's ancient aliens and um, it's okay for us to speculate <laughs> about that but we're we are talking about a very advanced civilization that goes back to ancient Lemuria um, I think it was the same Atlantean civilization and I think it existed up until relatively recently which would have been that whenever this event took place or series of events Mm -hmm. um and then they turned everything upside down um turned it into a whole slave narrative uh, especially where the moors are concerned but also the end result is all humanity but they had to create the narrative to create the division and the you know all this stuff that's been going on that we learn about in school um Social narrative and whatnot.
0: So I have my own theory of how the mudbloods happened, because you you kind of brought all the cities together, because like all the star forts and um, all this sacred geometry, how all these cities are like connected in some way, and if they did that around the earth, um, they could have coordinated a single event that happened simultaneously, and. um, there's a video, and I don't know if you've seen it. It's called, uh, he, the guy's name is E. War Anon. He's very anonymous. I mean, obviously, the name Annan's in his name. But uh, he talks of a lot about um, a lot of the research that you've done. He talks about the free energy system and how the churches and cathedrals were really used to capture energy and by extracting the electromagnetic energy from the ether, you know, the sky. And this power was distributed to the cities and it was completely free. And um, yeah, I definitely have to send you that video. It's a five-hour video. And um, this is where my theory comes in. And I don't recall anyone mentioning this, so correct me if I'm wrong. But um, these buildings had these energy collectors or uh, central energy reactors. So these cathedrals had magnetrons that had the ability to not only store energy, but they could emit frequencies so these resonators had these engines that would over that could overload in uh, a frequency that would liquefy the ground and at the same time no human being within that range could survive this high frequency because if it can if it can liquefy the ground it's going to liquefy a human being within range so i think um you know you would just turn into mush so that's how i think that everyone was wiped out and that's why they had all these like orphan trains because they were sending out thousands of children all around the country and around the world. And, uh, and they were being departed to places that were away from the major cities. And so the, 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 controllers that lived, I mean, they were out wherever they were. And so they were able to remain in power. And then um, they needed people to dig out these cities and make them inhabitable again. So they, you know, indoctrinated these kids in these orphan asylums, and um, then them brought them back once they were old enough to dig the cities out, and then they were completely brainwashed by that time.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I think that's all in there. Um, it, it all they somehow they did it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, you know, there's also the idea of like baby nurseries. Um,
0: oh the the baby incubators you know,
1: well, not just the incubators, I think that was part of it too but but even just raising human babies because we 're a lot smaller than we used to be,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and um, the other thing they did, I think they was socially engineered um, or humanly and socially engineered us so that you would have black people from Africa and white people from Europe and yellow people from Asia, red people from North America. And that's all bunk too, because this Moorish civilization was all over the earth. So they right. had to do something to the um, the gene pool to create that
0: homogeneity
1: Division. or the homogeneity in the in the gene pool now in terms of skin color. Um, and I think a lot of the genocides that took place over the the last century or two were involved in in that. Um, Cambodia uh, and it's actually in a lot more places than what we're taught I'm doing research on our modern history and I'm finding a lot more examples Um, but you know they're just it just was a different different world Mm -hmm. and um, melanin is actually a superconductor and so interesting um, if you look into it um, and there's a a Superfood, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, hopefully I will at by the end of the interview that's pure melanin and um it's really good for you huh um, and I can't think of it right now, but anyway um, there's so much more to us, and the controllers are super afraid of the moors, and that's why one of one of the many reasons they're so been so oppressed by this system um because the controllers knew, know who the Moors are and they know who, what their abilities are. And so they're doing everything they can to keep the level of consciousness at a low level so mm. they can keep controlling not only the Moors but the rest of the population as well.
0: Very interesting. You know?
1: So, you know, that's not just coming from nowhere. I mean, I've, that's after a lot of study and just what I've come to know. I mean, the most conscious and psychic people that I know are, are Moore's. Um, So there's real ability in there and um, the population is targeted, has been targeted, but they're, they're switching the narrative and they, they're, they're using the same playbook in a different way now, because again, this is really about control of all of humanity. And they just had to knock the higher consciousness out of the picture so they could lower the collective consciousness, um, which is where the whole, you know, the racial division thing comes in. Um,
0: You know, that whole that whole ancestry.com thing that that's always made me nervous. Like I want to do it because I want to know where my family comes from, but we don't know who, you know, who really owns that and who monitors that and and tests the blood. I I mean, it could be our controllers, like trying to disseminate who's who. And then be able, they'll be able to wipe us out. <laughs> I, you
1: know, and that's, I, I won't do it um, for that reason. I, yeah. I don't think it's for our good, like so many other things. And um, I do believe it's, it's up there in terms of who's involved in it is connected to the controllers. And, um, and human DNA is a hot commodity.
0: Right. You know, they, wow. they want that
1: DNA. I mean, that DNA is really special. And so uh, your hesitation is is founded, <laughs> you know, you know, again, you know, it makes it the, they, they don't want us to figure this out. So we become com- conspiracy theorists and crazy and whatnot, but the bottom line is they they've had it really good and they want to keep it and they don't want to be held accountable. And um, their only, you know, offense or defense is to, you know, cast shade on on people that are just trying to clear things up and get to the truth. And um, you know, a lot of good people, a lot of good researchers have been persecuted and and worse, killed, some of them killed. Yeah. because um, 'cause we're trying to get the truth out.
0: There is information that we're allowed to talk about. And then if we get too close to the, the truth and we start to spread our word out a little too clear then that's when the censorship starts to happen (laughs) right yeah
1: so you know it's it's just important for people to start asking questions just you know don't accept everything that you're told blindly especially if it comes from mainstream media um but that but it goes deeper than that Mm -hmm. you know this is you know this is a very it is like you said earlier it's a very big topic not just with this civilization, but with what's taken place. And so it covers a lot of people in our society um, involved in crimes against humanity. And like I said, they don't want to stop and they don't want to be held accountable for it. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't think they're human. So they get whatever, whatever they can from human beings that they don't have. And one is our soul, our energy, our innocence, you know, our inherent kindness. And we have to be manipulated to, to hate and to kill and to do all the other terrible things that have been taking place. And, yeah. um, and again, I, th- I think drugs have a lot to do with it too. You know, get people hooked on drugs and then they start doing right. bad things too.
0: Yeah, to have to want the level of power and control that they seek, you have to be a complete psychopath to want that type want that kind of thing and to never be satisfied. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have to be crazy. Completely and crazy.
1: And they're not satisfied. No. And, and that's going to be one of the things that is is their undoing. I mean, there's only so many children you can kidnap. Or do whatever yeah. before people are going to start noticing <laughs> and and that's the, the age that we're living in i mean they don't control the narrative anymore so it's coming out every every which way um about a lot of the things that have been hidden from us
0: well that, that's why social media has has been the way it has the you know since like the middle of last year and how everything has been so censored that people who do want to spread truth are being cut out And it's to a point where we can't even say certain words without being banned and having a strike. And then your channel is being deleted all together without any explanation. And uh, it's forcing everybody to just, you know, virtue signal to their own base on a network where everyone is like partially awake and is just interested in their own thing. But the people who are walking around like zombies, they don't get the information that they should be getting. And that's all by design. You know, they, they want the sleep, the sleepers to never wake up, you know? Right. So like, that's why I'm staying on YouTube. Like I could go to other platforms and just, you know, be safe and, and not, you know, be subjected to being completely cut off. But I I still want to try to wake people up and, and spread the truth as much as I can until, until I do get cut off, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I've got other platforms too, um, but I'll keep putting information up on youtube as long as i'm able to which hopefully will be a while i mean i just i just don't see this going on forever and um i don't see it being ultimately successful because one thing is i know the people that behind it are criminals (laughs) and i just i just don't think that this situation is going to be allowed to continue much longer i i think it's being used to wake people up right now yeah. And I think there's a lot of good people behind the scenes that, um, are waiting for the right moment and, right. um, and that we'll, we'll start seeing some changes. So, um, that's my belief. That's my hope. I can't th- allow myself to think otherwise, um, uh, yeah. that that would mean that they will get away with it. And I just, I just can't go there, you know? So maybe I'm a little, little rosy about it, but, um, Rosie kind of gets me through the day (laughs) and keeps me going because if I didn't have a positive outlook, I would load my car up and I would probably find a nice comfortable place in the desert with shade (laughs) and hang out there. But you know, I don't see that need happening. And even a few years ago, I was seriously worried about it and um, I'm at a different place with about it because I just, people are waking up every day Mm -hmm. and um like I said, I just don't think that the the ones behind the evil can keep it hidden anymore.
0: So let's kind of dive into your like research a little, if if, if you don't mind. Sure. Because um, a lot of your research has been so fascinating, like um, like the Civil War. Um, mm-hmm. You you talk about some of the forts and how they almost look like they weren't meant for any type of invasion and that they were just put there as what were they put there for? I
1: I think, I would think they were originally circuitry in the earth's grid and the earth's grid was worldwide. You find star forts all over the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times the parts of the star forts are called batteries. um, And I think that's what they actually were. (laughs) I think they were, they were functioning in some capacity as part of a circuitry of the earth's grid. And they were also connected to railroad. A lot of times, they were in pairs or in clusters, which batteries are. Um, so very sophisticated grid system, and part of what su- supplied the free energy was just the system that you know received and transmitted and generated. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's very real. Um, the ancients knew what they were doing, and when I say the ancients, I mean ancient humans that lived well into the present day and are still alive. They're still yeah. with us. And very so it's kind of a misnomer. I think ancient, you think a long time ago, it's like, oh no. You know, the Washita Moors, very much alive today, and they're known as the ancient ones. And um, it's because their history goes back to Moo. So, so the
0: Civil War I- officially ended in night 1865.
1: 1865 was the official end of it. The official beginning of it was
0: 1861.
1: Very interesting. And um, if anything, I've come to believe that it didn't happen in the way that we've been told. Right. And um, that a lot of it was scripted and made up and had to do with the mud flood um, as well as destroying infrastructure. So they had to, a lot of these star forts Um, were said to have been built either right before the Civil War or during the Civil War, which Mm. would make them a a target. And so a lot of them were shelled and bombarded during the war. And so I think the purpose was to destroy these batteries, these components. Um, Some are allowed to remain. You know, there's some intact ones all over the world today, but a lot of them were, attacked not only during the civil war but also world war one world war two other conflicts you know the ones that we know about but there's also tons of little conflicts all over the earth that was doing the same thing
0: yeah you know i I do think that some of these battles did happen but they were mostly as like population control
1: population control and infrastructure destruction and um again the we're just told a story about it,
0: about what happened. Yeah. And I, if you look I, at the, the first battle I, I, you talked about the, the battle of Fort, um, not Sumter, Sumter, it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the location of it and how there was just one like bullet hole that started the whole thing or one fire. I, I, the, the, the official story is so ridiculous how the, 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 the battle started and how the war was triggered from that one event. And when you really look at it, you're like, how, how could this start a war? You know? <laughs>
1: and actually that sounds a lot like the, the Vietnam war too. the Gulf of Tonkin was yeah. the same thing. And, and a lot of people question whether that ever happened. Um, but that was the beginning of the Vietnam war.
0: Right. There was no so, casualties, just, just a single bullet hole. It's like,
1: so it's, <laughs> you know, again, it's just um, the last video that I, I did was the one on the Civil War, sanitary fairs and other civil War anom- anomalies. Yes. Um, my YouTube channel is Michelle Gibson and if you type in Moores it'll come right up. I, I had my channel long before I started doing my own video- videos so I didn't put any fancy name with <laughs> it. Um, but you know I seriously doubt a, a lot of the stuff that we're taught in history happened the way that we're told it was and that there was more than likely something else going on the same thing with the whole story about immigration um i think they went out west you know the irish immigrants and and wherever they were from the chinese um they were out there digging out infrastructure same thing with canals railroads and canals they weren't building it
0: yeah so you think the mississippi river is is a canal yeah, hmm.
1: the Mississippi River. If you draw a straight line from the Mississippi Delta to the Nile Delta, it's a straight line on the yeah. map, and I think they're a mirror image of each other: the Mississippi River and the Nile River. And
0: oh. interesting!
1: They're they're both long rivers. Um, they both have great lakes associated with them. Because the end of the Mississippi River is near the Great Lakes and the end of the Nile River is near the Great Lakes of Africa um, the deltas look very similar but I think by saying that I think our river systems are actually canal systems and that the ancients built they all have like a snaky S shaped but some of them do the major rivers do and then the canals are pretty much straight but you have both but if you look at different rivers and different canals all over the world, they look the same. Hmm. Um, so I think they were as comfortable on water as on on land. And again, all of these, all of this infrastructure had some kind of purpose on the grid system.
0: Yeah,
1: um, all the buildings were precisely placed. They tended to be oriented north, south, east, west. Um. You know, they were perfectly lined up with each other, and that wasn't done randomly. And if you, again, if you look at our history, all these settlers came in, and they started platting and they started building all these places, and they didn't exist before, and, and that story's repeated over and over again, especially in North America, where there wasn't supposed to be anything. Now, other places haven't, you know, didn't have that narrative associated with it. Uh, the romans built things or the greeks or whoever it happened to be built all of these temples and all this stuff but you have the same style of architecture in north america yeah but they tell us it was built in the 18, 1800s 1900s you have <laughs> just you have legislative buildings you know government buildings museums um, schools
0: mm-hmm.
1: that look like old world architecture in north america and you have these dates of late nineteenth century, early twentieth century, and we can't even build like that today.
0: No, we don't even <laughs> attempt. We build things out of just cheap materials and, and steel beams,
1: and particle board. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many buildings I watched up go up in my local area that are just like plywood and particle board, you know, with siding over it. Yeah, you know, and they'll tell they will tear these huge masonry buildings down in a heartbeat and tell us they aren't safe or structurally sound or need to bring in something new. And, you know, that's what happens to a lot of the older architectures. It just gets demolished.
0: Well, that's what was so So. fascinating about the, uh, the world fairs, especially the one in Chicago where they built that giant structure. And we were meant to believe that that was a temporary structure yet they had 300,000 people, All in in that same, um, um, you know, monolithic, um, I don't know what you call it. Mm -hmm. Um, What do they call it? Yeah, stadium. And uh, that was, you know, if that was a temporary structure, wouldn't people be afraid that it would collapse underneath their feet, you know? But they weren't temporary at all. I mean, they were intentionally destroyed after the event happened.
1: I believe that. And there's a lot of disinformation coming in now that has a lot of people questioning that because there's photographs coming in showing the Chicago World's Fair being built. Um, I think photoshopping happens all the time, especially with regards to this. So I look at the evidence of my own eyes. I look at what my common sense says about these pictures of these palatial buildings that we're told were built by in a short period of time to be temporary and I call BS Mm -hmm. and that anything that's done to try to convince people that they were built when they said they were is deliberate misinformation to sow doubt and confusion among the people that are waking up to this because it's probably some of the most compelling evidence out there about this original civilization and it's gotten a lot of traction in the alternative community and this new information has been picked up by some people in the alternative communities and putting they're putting it out there saying well maybe they did build it when they say that they did and i'm going to tell you right now i'm one researcher that will never say that (laughs) no i think it's easier to photoshop something than to build what they're telling us was built and the same thing with all of these buildings, there's a plaque on it. There's a date carved onto it. Much easier to do that than actually build the buildings that they're telling us they built.
0: Yeah, because when so, those cities were dug up, that's was the date of them finding it. And then they claimed that that was the date that it was built. When I mean, really, that was just the date that it was founded by that, those sets of people. But a lot of the structures were already there. Like... like I've been noticing that some of the videos that I've watched and then I go to like archive.org and some of those pictures have been deleted off, off their site. So history is being deleted in real time. So mm-hmm. when, when someone discovers something, puts it in a video and then they they're like, Oh, we need to take this down because it's linking to a past that they don't want us to, to discover. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bunch of photos in um, the San Francisco archives and there's like a whole string of photos that are being deleted. And you can see the, the numbers and uh, the sequence of numbers are being taken out. Cause uh, yeah, I was trying to, to like find some of the oldest photos there were of San Francisco and they were just being taken out.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because you can find photographs of San Francisco around the time that the gold rush was said to have taken place. Um, 1849, 1850, 1851. And, you'll see San Francisco covered in dirt, um, Portsmouth square. And then the hills in the distance are covered in dirt. Um, And then within a few decades, you see pictures of these grand buildings and, and so forth in San Francisco. So I think the gold rush was also a cover story for what, what what was really going on.
0: So those cowboys and and they built all that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So they want you to think, um, and there was something else that came to mind. I hope I, I can bring it back. Um, you said you're in Dallas, right? Yes. And you mentioned Rockwall. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was in Oklahoma City when I started waking up to this. And when my friends and I were traveling uh, on our way to Rockwall... I had read about it on one of these alternative history sites, and I'm like, I got to go there. Uh, we stopped by Daly Plaza, and it's the first time I'm there, and I'm already not 100% sold on the official story. When I got there, and I saw the book depository on one corner, and the place where Oswald was imprisoned on this corner, and the castle where he was shot right next to it all right there together feeling claustrophobic I okay this is starting to raise major red flags um, and then when I started looking into I, I, I googled JFK and um, Freemasonry mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was when the truth popped up and I realized that um, Freemasonry is not benevolent and behind benign at, at its core right not necessarily the organization as a whole but at the upper levels there's people that know what's going on and that there's a a negative force involved in that and and so um so that was an important part of my journey so from there we went to rockwall and nobody in rockwall knew about the rockwall i was asking around i was trying to find somebody who could tell me where to go. They're like,
0: it's what? a small town too. <laughs> it was
1: like, what? But I got to be there. I got to feel it. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of a researcher on YouTube named Josh Reeves. No, he's, you might want to look up some of his videos because he was one of the first people that I, I watched to learn about Rockwall. And, uh, this is before I started doing my own research, but you probably would enjoy his videos. So Josh Reeves. And, um, check out his videos on Rockwall. All so right. for those who may not know what that is, um Rockwall is right outside of Dallas near Garland and it's on the other side of Lake Worth, is it Worth? No, that's not Worth. What's the what's the lake that's there?
0: Uh White Rock No, not White Rock Lake. Um there's so many lakes.
1: Yeah, it's anyway, there's a lake outside of of Rockwall between Rockwall and Dallas, mm-hmm. um, that is a man-made lake. Uh, so there's a lot of speculation as to what might have been there before it became a lake. Mm. Um, Interesting. And I found out about it on a website of uh, Dr. Sam Osmanagich and he's the ar- archaeological archaeologist scientist who basically discerned that about the bosnian pyramids i would say discover <laughs> um again they're called mountains but he's the one that figured out they were actually pyramids um and he's done some great research sam Osmanagic. um so i learned about it from a website of his that it was thousands of years old at this rock wall place um and that there was an archaeologist in the early 19th century that had started digging there and then for one reason or another, stopped digging, um, and, and that when the uh, when the city was first founded, um, mm-hmm. there was this talk about this rock wall, and you know I want to say there were some masons that were there, and they were going to name it after the masons or whatever, and then they found this rock wall and I said, well let's name it Rock Wall. Um, so that was early in my awakening to this. Um, I would say within two or three years before I started doing my own research. But it was definitely something that got my attention and curiosity, and um, you know, once you start tuning into it, this this information is everywhere. I mean, you've got a flower mound oh, yeah. near Dallas, flower mound.
0: Yeah, I've heard of it. It's,
1: it's a mound. I mean, it's a mound. It's and and these mounds are actually everywhere. But um, there's only a few places where it's actually called mound, or they're in parks. Um, but mounds are everywhere. I hmm. want to say there's a there's a one of the universities is near that area. See Denton, Denton flower mound, but there's a college in that area too, you know? So it's just, it's just everywhere. And it's just a matter of really being able to tune into it. Um, If you're, if you're open to it, you'll, you'll start seeing things in the environment and then you won't ever see anything the same way again.
0: Well, it's just (laughs) like the courthouse. And uh, you know, when I, when I, um, but I reached out to you, I sent a photo of the, uh, the courthouse there. And um, on Google, the, uh, the top of the, the building structure, which is like an onion dome, and it's blurred out. So I don't know why they would blur that out unless there were some kind of significance. I mean, why, why would you blur, blur that out? I, I just don't get it. What are they hiding?
1: A lot of those buildings have had parts of them removed. So, like, you're talking about an onion dome. I'm, I've seen, you know, before and after pictures of buildings like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll take off a part of it. Um, and again, I, I think that was, has something to do with the grid system. Because it was all connected. It was very powerful. Yeah. So, there's something about it. They either don't want us to know about or they don't want functioning.
0: And it does look as if it was bare, uh, dug up, dug out that there's parts of the of the structure that's underground but it's partially buried. <laughs> so the windows are like you know halfway sticking out which you know for as a as a contractor or builder like why would you who who in the right mind would build that? You know it makes no logical sense.
1: An excellent example of that is I believe it's the St Mary Magdalene Church in Omaha. Mm-hmm. In Nebraska, and if you just look up mud flood Nebraska, it'll probably be what shows up. Um, but it, it's a really good example of the before and after of a church that's big dug, dug out, and yeah. um, you know you can see where the the mud was before they dug out, and afterwards you can see almost see the line, and you can see where the street kind of goes up and where the mud covered it. Um, you know, so again, if anybody has any questions about that or wants to look it up, it's out there, but we're not taught about it. They don't want us to know about it. They don't want us asking questions. So most people, because of their programming and so forth, just, just don't, you know, until you really tune into it, you don't see it. And for myself, until I tuned into it and around, um, I want to say 2013, 2014 was when I started to notice, um, so that was most of my life. Yeah. I'm just, i just—I just turned 58. So like I was like 49 or 50 before I started noticing um, things that were in the environment that I hadn't noticed before. Yeah. And that was when I was living in Oklahoma City. Wow, I'm starting to wake up to all of this.
0: So you talk a lot about the circle alignments and sacred geometry. Can you are they related or how are they mm-hmm. different? Um, I see because that's one of the few things that I have a hard time wrapping my brain around I know like all these cities are connected but um the the terminology
1: (laughs) okay I'm gonna pull something up real quick so bear with me sure I think it's on this one
0: you should be able to share your screen
1: yeah okay all right So, um, hopefully this will help. Let me get back to where you are. Okay, I'm going to share the screen. Um, And this is going to be in my book. Um, Consistent finding of star forts on planetary alignments. And I'll just read through this. Um, So, I found all these star forts in the course of doing research for the circle alignment series that I was working on. And um, the basis of my research is finding the star tetrahedron in North America, which is this right here. That's what I was showing you earlier on the map. And like I said, I started up here, I found this line of cities, and then I found this line of cities, and I brought it back up here, and then I was able to find this second triangle got a lot of information out of this and this is the flower of life pattern of sacred geometry Mm. and do you know what the platonic solids are no okay so um so you have like uh the square the tetrahedron which is like the triangle um dodecahedron icosahedron and these are all geometric shapes that are found within the star of life or flower of life, excuse me. Okay. So this is the creation pattern of the universe. Um, mm. all life is based on on this pattern, and it's not just on Earth, it's it's throughout the universe. And then within the star of life, you find this shape. Oh wow. Which is the star tetrahedron. Huh. Okay. So it's the same shape here. I've actually got examples where I go more into depth with that. Um, so had I not learned about sacred geometry, I wouldn't have been able to do all of this stuff. But I, And I'm not a mathematician, but I'm pretty intuitive. So mm-hmm. I have what I would call an intuitive understanding of this. Um, and then, basically, I had extended the lines out from this original star tetrahedron. And I found linear alignments and I found circular alignments. And then I wrote all the places that connected down here. So that research is based on just going to each place on an alignment I found and doing the research there and then going on to the next place. And what I basically found is the controllers were all over these places in our history. They would go to places with star ports um, or other important infrastructure um, strategic places on the grid system and you know that seems seems to be how they were taking things over so i don't know if i'm answering your question but um, what i believe is that the entire civilization was laid out based on this pattern mm-hmm. and that within this pattern you find you know things are connected in a linear way and they're connected in a circular way and they're also connected in a geometric way so there's other relationships found within this and it also connects back to the heavens so the heavens are all lined up in this way so our universe is actually geometrically based and mathematically based among other things and we've lost our understanding of how all that works together you know again again, very deliberately yeah so um, that's, with what I have in front of me right now, that's the, the best that I can explain it, but it's actually goes into more detail than that.
0: So if all these, you know, reactor engines were all connected in this geometry, this uh, flower, what, what do you call, flower you call it? flower of life.
1: The flower of life.
0: The flower of life, then energy would have been easily connected so if they were to cause a cataclysmic mud flood event, I mean, they could use that, you know, the, this flower of life connection to wipe out humankind.
1: They did it somehow. Yeah. And um, an understanding of, you know, if we had our understanding of how things work intact, we would understand um, resonance. We would understand entrainment. Um, we would understand holograms and fractals. Mm-hmm. We would understand waves and sound, um, light spectrums. Um, and we'd understand the whole structure and fabric of the universe in a way that we don't because it's all been fragmented. And I'm saying that because I think when you when you get right down to it, if everything is connected and we're all connected and everything in the universe is connected, there's a this very close relationship that is beyond us to be able to grasp right now we think we're separate but we're really not separate Mm
0: -hmm. so the more is probably other
1: not to each other not with other you know species or other life in the universe we're all we're all part of the same thing i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt
0: Oh, no, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. The Moors probably had knew about this technology and were able to connect everybody mm-hmm. in the world. And those psychopaths wanted to control it and didn't like that everybody was happy and, you know, didn't have to work as hard as they did. And they just wanted to disrupt it all. And um, very,
1: very jealous. And I think mm-hmm. very jealous of God. And I think very jealous of humanity. Yeah. Um and you know smart enough to be able to they can't create but they can reverse engineer well,
0: and so destroyed
1: <laughs> so they reverse engineered the life enhancing grid system into a control system and yeah. you know they again they've been doing things without our knowledge um i don't know how many people follow the secret space program and the existence of that and um i really don't go much into that i don't other than what I've seen other people talk about, I don't know that much about it, but I do think that um, we've been kept in the dark about a lot of things oh, to yeah. control us. Mm. And and in so doing, I, I think we're, we've been a commodity as well. And not only for physical labor, but also for DNA and other things. Um, and that we're not the only life in the universe, you know, that there's... We're just part of a bigger picture.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's this whole exploration team that is exploring Antarctica, but they're they're not giving us any information of what they're discovering. It's just the same, you know, the penguins and the ice melting, and you know, it's the same global agenda. Whatever they want us to know, that's what they tell us, and we're we can't independently exp- ind- independently explore outside of the 60th parallel. So we can't even, you know, get together our own independent team to go down there and and research Antarctica for ourselves. So we have to trust what, you know, mainstream television tells us, you know. So I I don't believe anything that the government tells us because we have the controllers and the government has their agenda. They work for the controllers and the government uses the media to control us. And they want us to keep us very confined and very controlled in and only know what they want us to know.
1: They want us to be fat, dumb, and happy.
0: Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, they like the Discovery Channel, they have this like whole projection of how the earth was, you know, fifty million years ago, which I don't believe we've been around that long in that everything started in Africa and they're all the the world's population as it is today all started from this like little this little tribe in Africa and that's where it all started and we migrated all over Europe and and through Canada and Russia and and through all the way through to the tip of you know South America which doesn't make any sense at all and that we used to be an ice planet which we probably could have been at one time (laughs) I don't I don't know I just don't believe our official narrative
1: I don't believe it either I mean I I, I, I actually tend to think at this point that our civilization is actually afrocentric and not eurocentric um, but I do mean civilization and not just you know wandering hunter-gatherers populating the world and you yeah. know all of a sudden all this happened and um, you know again that's just that's been carefully hidden from us so those are some avenues that i'm going to be going down um i want to look at the great lakes of africa Mm -hmm. because that's rwanda burundi tanzania um and there's a lot of in the congo and there's a lot of actually really bad stuff that's happened there and a lot of hidden stuff so like the the rwandan rwandan genocide of the 90s um yeah and and more. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff that happened in the Congo. Um, so I'm going to start looking into that because I think it's part of the puzzle. And people don't think of Africa as the cradle of civilization. And I think it was. So I think it's important to go there. Um, and I can give as a start, starting point, anybody that wants to start looking into this, if you look up the Berlin Conference, which took place in 1885, and it was organized by the chancellor of Germany. It was Otto von Bismarck. And basically the continent of Africa was carved up by the, the so-called European powers in 1885. And, um, you know, this, all this wealth was all over the place, gold and diamonds and oil and coffee and all this stuff. And, and so well, we'll take this and you can have this. And, oh, by the way, King of Belgium, you can have the, Congo as your own personal colony, and within a few years, the resources were um, uh, taken, and the people were having their hands cut off and all kinds of stuff by by these um, troops or whatever of the of the Belgian king. They were trying to keep the the population under control, so they would frequently cut off one hand. Um, All of these atrocities going on. So Africa, the story of Africa has been severely obscured. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at um, the Sahara now, when you look at the countries of north central Africa where the Sahara is, uh, on Google Earth, it looks like a giant mud flow or or sand flow through there. I mean, down around Mauritania and going down to the ocean, it just looks (laughs) like this flow took place and it was high civilization at one time it was fertile and savannas and you know so so there's definitely a lot being covered up there and then there's deserts around the world i think have the same story i think there was something there at one time and you start looking at what's actually in those deserts even north america Mm -hmm. um there's things there that are are really noteworthy and so those could have been deliberately desertified or whatever you do to cause the desert. Um,
0: yeah, who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, if they could create a mud flood, they could do this. Yeah. And um, and I talk about the uh, the Philadelphia experiment and tying it to possibly what happened. And when I first learned about the mud flood, I thought maybe it had been involved with that because... Um, I was guided to look up the year 17, around 1743 um, by a friend of mine, and I found out about the Great Frost of Ireland. And I was contemplating at the idea at the time that there was a, a time loop that was created between 1492 and 1942. And 1942 was the year of the Philadelphia Experiment. And I looked up things starting in 1717, and I found all kinds of weird stuff. So I don't think I'm off base when I say I think there's a connection there between the Philadelphia Experiment and the Great Frost of Ireland. And where I've landed is I think that that was what created a rip in this fabric of space-time that brought in the controllers. Um, it brought in Mayor Rothschild. It brought in Adam Weishaupt. Um, because that happened 1740, 1741. This is the Great Frost of Ireland. You can look it up. Um, Mary Rothschild was born in 1744 Mm -hmm. Adam Weishaupt was born in 1748 in Germany and then um, the progenitor of what became the House of Windsor was born in 1750 in Germany it was called the House of Saxe, Coburg and Gotha originally and I think that lineage replaced the original royal houses of Europe So I think the ones currently that we consider to be Royal were actually usurpers and just kind of came in and took things over.
0: Well, you know Um, what they say about that, that whole phrase that truth in the movies lies in the, in the news. So, I mean, that Philadelphia experiment and that movie, I think it was in the eighties about a ship going back in time, something Mm -hmm. like that. The final countdown. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean,
1: and I, and I didn't know. even I didn't even know about, about that. I mean, I'm haven't been plugged into anything like that for a long time. And it showed up on my feed. And this was after I had started talking about the Philadelphia experiment. So there's actually a time traveling uh naval ship in the hist- in the record in this movie where mm-hmm. they come up with that idea. You know, so I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I just I don't think it is. I know. I know they did something and how they did it is up, up for grabs, but, but it's in the historical record that that's when the Rothschilds and those other people started to come in around 1744. And they're definitely involved in this.
0: I mean, if we had the ability to time travel, it's not like they're going to come out to the open and tell us, I mean, it would be so far out of common knowledge out of our reach that only the and super are, rich would have ability to use it
1: yeah and there's a researcher named Dr. David Anderson um, who studies time travel um, and again I, I think it's there in the periphery but it's not there directly you know the existence of time travel and the science of it so hmm. um, yeah I mean like you said they just don't want us to know about stuff like that
0: wow So I guess they could plant their family timeline wherever they wanted to to start it, you know? Yeah. I I'm
1: just, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, they did something and I'm putting out what I've come across in my own research. And, um, I'm not, I'm not saying any of what I'm saying lightly, um, or without basis. And, well most people haven't heard of the moors they need to talk to the moors themselves you know they can do that
0: <laughs> yeah they
1: may they may not know it a lot of times but you know the moors will tell them that you know this is this is real information and um you know a lot of people don't want to let go of what they've come to believe or been told or you know the hardest part about all of this is that in my Even in my own family, I've got a gene- genealogy and documentation of ancestors way back, and yeah. other people do too. And a lot of people that I'm hearing from who watch my stuff say, well, you know, we, can, we don't go back but a generation or two in my family or, you know, my grandparents were orphans that met each other and all this stuff. So I'm hearing a lot of people that have orphans in their family history but the hardest and toughest questions I get from people who who are asking, well, what about my family genealogy? And all I can say is, I know in my own family, and my mom's an avid gene- genealogist, so I know this. Um, her ancestor in Florida showed up in 1830, which is a time I'm I'm seeing was the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. To a place where there was to, to homestead in a place that was supposed to be like five cattle for every indian or something like that and it was filled with wild indians wow well i already know florida is moorish to the hilt the architecture and everything else i mean it was already there really and so that tells me in that you know beginning story of when my family came to florida was they're not telling us something and then the rest uh, what i know of other ancestors is the same thing they would have known <laughs> what was going on. And then I had a, a great-grandfather who was a Mason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in my own mind, in my own family li- lineage, I know that they're not telling us something, but my my family, uh, my mom and her relatives and cousins, and, you know, these are the ones that really follow this kind of stuff, you know, don't know. Why would their ancestors lie to them? Yeah. So... So they think it was kind of a pioneer kind of thing. And, um, you know, all I can say is if they can, if they can give us a false historical record for all this architecture and all these buildings and have a story for it and everything, they can do that with family records as well.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't
1: want to burst anybody's bubbles because I know it's important to some people, but, um the reality is what we're told about our history has serious inconsistencies and flaws.
0: You know it makes me think of, you know, you talking about Florida as the uh, the, the the Seminole Indians because they were the one of the few tribes that never surrendered to the Americans. Um so it makes you wonder if they still have some history that hasn't really gotten out.
1: Yeah. I'm sure they do. Version. I mean, I think that I think the Seminole Indians were Moors, you know, along with the other ones, and also um, the the twelve tribes of Israel is connected to this. So you can probably Google Seminole tribe of Reuben, and you and you'll come up with something because that's who they're associated with. So what I think is that you know when people ask, well, what do the Native Americans say? What do they have to say about it? There's been so much trauma and so much genocide of the native people Mm -hmm. that I would not be surprised if there were secret societies within these tribes that kept this knowledge, wisdom keepers, um, but that people in general don't necessarily know about it. Um, Because if people were being targeted and killed, um, and not just in North America, but all over the world... Because of their identity and their tribal identity, you know, it it would be a way of keeping other people safe. So they wouldn't necessarily know about this, this higher timeline and higher history. Um, Because I believe, I believe the indigenous people of every continent built this infrastructure. And that includes here and that includes in Australia, the um, Aborigines uh, who are also said to be tribe of Reuben. Um, mm-hmm. I think they built it all, and the history we're taught is like, well, that's not even possible, and that's yeah. what people believe, but I think the the builders of civilization were kicked back to the Stone Age for the most part when this took place, and the controllers just took over everything, yeah. identity, credit, and and we're taught that all these folks were hunter-gatherers and,
0: yeah. and primitive. Yeah. They, they teach social studies. They don't teach real history and history began in, you know, in, in the Americas and nothing seems to go beyond that except for how, how we migrated. So it's amazing what they teach in high schools and and our school system right now. And then if you want to know anything, you have to go to college and then you know it's so divided, there's so many different subjects that you almost know never know anything about world history as as a whole. <clears throat> you would have to you know get a degree in it to understand everything, and you still don't get everything
1: right yeah and they've expended an an inordinate amount of energy in creating these false narratives, yeah. Um, you know, every every book, everything that's written down on paper, every eyewitness account of the Civil War and all this stuff, you know, just, just this enormous energy into creating this whole new history um, so that you can reference it and you can teach people, well, this is what it was like back in the 1800s or whenever. And if you look up, if you start trying to trace the history of railroads, it mm-hmm. will make your head spin. Absolutely make your head spin because the railroads were connected with the electric com- companies that were connected with the streetcar companies and there were these mergers and sale-offs and buy-offs and, um, you know, and then by, let's say, the 1930s, well, this isn't feasible anymore, so we're just going to stop. But I mean, that's that's kind of how the stories go. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly detailed information about these companies And, you know, I I was trying to skim through, I've done some research on them and, you know, I just basically had to skim off the top and just pull out the relevant parts to what I was trying to say because to go into too much detail on it is just, it's just too much, (laughs) you know. Um, So it's, they've really gone to a lot of trouble to make this real And I think the reason that they've gone to that trouble is because this is a free will plane planet. So we have to agree to what's taking place here. And if we don't know the truth and all we're taught is lies, then we agree to it because we think there's merit in the lies. We think the lies are truth, whether it's about the history, whether it's about our neighbor or other countries um and we're taught to distrust or be suspicious of that person because their skin color or that country because of their political system or economic system therefore we're going to go to fight them because they're different from us um you know that's what we've been told mm-hmm. that's yes. all we know and you know just you just really have to be ready and open-minded to to start looking at things differently. And I really recommend that you know for those that have reached a certain level of awareness and feel comfortable with this information, um, I don't recommend trying to tell everybody you know because they're not ready for it.
0: No, It's no. too much information all at once. <laughs> I mean, if anybody's, you know, thinks they're conservative and thinks they're they're awake, And then you watch this video and you think that you're, I mean, it's too, it's almost too much information all in one video. So you have to, to start, you know, like I started with the mud floods and that kind of like morphed into other information and like, oh my God, it this goes even further. and, And it's so deep. The rabbit hole is so deep. And, uh, the cover-up is so deep and the history, and then you discover like all of history is a light. And it's like, well, what's, what's true. And almost nothing is true. You know, everything's been just propagandized and just, you know, through publicity and through just education, mind control. I mean, all of it is just utter garbage. And it, you know, when I did all this like flat earth research, you know, I, I, my brain was in like a fog because it was too much information all at once. And for three months, I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't think straight because there's so much information. And then I came across the the world fairs and that information blew my mind. My wife and I were just watching these like videos by Hattie McCoskey and I'm like, oh my God. And then it, it just got deeper and deeper. And then I found your stuff and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so crazy. So it'll just engulf you in, it'll keep you busy for, for a good year.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah and so I've been doing this for three years and um, on the average, I would say once a week, I've got something out um, yeah. new research takes longer and sometimes I can piece something together from previous research that I've done, but um, yeah, I've got over 200 videos and Somewhere around there. And I also I blog, so I have about the same number of blog posts.
0: And then but you have a Patreon with even more stuff.
1: <laughs> um, the Patreon, I have some exclusive content on that. And um, I'm an educator now on a platform called Anguru Your Life, which is brand new. And mm. um, the official kickoff should be hopefully in the next couple of weeks for that. Um, so nice. I've been doing some exclusive content where I go more into depth. Um, for people that are are paying essentially um but i still put out a lot of information on youtube i'm not going to stop um it's just it's just it's not just any information Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i kind of walk a balance now but it's like it's it's something i feel needs to get out to people so it's um it's pretty much the work I do now
0: you you uh, played a video with your your interview with Dr. G, and um, you kind of go in more about the the Moorish paradigm because mm-hmm. she was very interested mm-hmm. in that that topic specifically, and that little half hour video was pretty amazing, and you put out a lot of information in just in that one video, which is the video that you are supposed to show at the Un- unguru conference right
1: well, it's, it's the video that I showed at the human origins conference in March that's right it's that's the right. same video and um, if you do you have it because I can send you a link for it
0: I don't have the actual video I just have I'll, I'll,
1: the... I'll, I'll send you the link for it okay and um, it's it's basically a synopsis of what I think happened to the Morris civilization and how it got taken over and and why You know, the evidence for all of these places that are in alignment with the moon and the sun and,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, that's not random. Yeah. They're in alignment with each other. It's like everything was laid out in a very precise way in accordance with lunar cycles and solar cycles and solstices and equinoxes and full moons and star systems so you have a lot of alignments with the pleiades and and the orion's
0: belt um if you can read the stars you can you you know exactly what time of year it is what time of day you know mm -hmm. just
1: just from the infrastructure right so that is most known with the megalithic structures that you find all over the world um that are aligned with equinoxes and solstices for example But what I'm finding and what I believe from my research is that that existed up until modern times. So that Mm -hmm. modern, uh, the Empire State Building, state capitals, um, the Washington Monument, and and you can start looking this up, lighthouses, um, they have these same alignments. And I don't, again, I don't think that's by, by chance. And I think it was built by the same civilization and not by the Freemasons or the... ones that came in and took credit for it
0: (laughs) very interesting i think they
1: worship the moors at the same time they denigrate the moors
0: so they stole their identity as their own essentially yeah yeah i believe that
1: they did (laughs) and and understanding that is crucial to understanding what's taking place here wow that the Let's let's just talk about the Freemasons. It's other groups as well. um, But that's essentially what they did. And that everything revolves around the original Masons and what they accomplished and the Freemasons and what they stole and took credit for. Everything. Because they were the ones that were directly involved in the (laughs) cover-up. Wow. But the Jesuits were involved in it the royal families were involved in it thanks oh, they,
0: they would in have it. to be cuz they're yeah. still in power today Yeah. so whoever's in, at the top echelon of power i mean they're they're all involved mm-hmm. yeah
1: certain families particularly but you know it's it's for their benefit and not ours and the force that's behind this is anti-life so i mean this is a, a leviathan that will crush even it's supporters. (laughs) Yeah. So, so they'll eat their own. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) While they're crushing everything else. They'll, they'll crush their, their own.
0: I mean, if you've watched any kind of like royalty, like shows, I mean, they were producing kids left and right with their, their, you know, their bath produce. I mean, whoever was bathing them were having their kids and they were having dozens and dozens of kids throughout their lives and so they don't have any respect of even though they produced those kids they didn't care about them they only cared about what was going to continue the lineage they didn't care about their slaves you know even though they were part of their blood so Uh,
1: it's it's really complicated but um and it's hard to believe because humans don't want to believe this kind of thing to be true
0: but People it's, want to live in a fantasy.
1: It, it takes a real shift in perception um, to really be able to understand that. And I think the good thing about being a, a YouTube creator in the world we live in today is there's so much going on right now that just backs us up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at, least, yeah. at least amongst the, the awaked population. At least the sleep now. population, not so much. But the awake population, you can there's examples to show you that so many things aren't right.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what's going on.
0: I mean, it's no accident that all these like prolific writers all popped up around the same time of like 1888, 1890, and they were reshaping our world for the future. I mean, that's why we, when we're in middle school and, and high school, we're reading those same books. It's to paint mm-hmm. a picture of that time. They don't want us looking back beyond that.
1: And they they wanted us to see this terrible future, so you have um, Charles Dickens, Mark Twain, Jack London, Charles, uh, John Steinbeck, um, George Orwell, mm-hmm. and 1984, Aldous Huxley, and Brave New World. Um, Jack London was a socialist, and you know we're forced to read books like Call of the Wild in school. And then they make movies, multiple movies of these books. Call of the Wild has nothing uplifting in it. No. Nothing.
0: It's just and yet savagery. we're forced
1: to read these books. Why can't they have us read something that's going to fill our soul with goodness and light instead of a dog that is kidnapped from his happy home and sold into a <laughs> life of, yeah. of servitude you- as a sled dog in Alaska so mistreated that he ends up leaving and just going into the wild why are we made to read that at in junior high
0: it's just so so we look at our past (laughs) as that we we were savages and we're a bunch of racists and and you know and it's setting up the world for this this uh one world government
1: they're going to save us they're going to bring us to destruction and then they're going to Right in on their their black horse and we've got an answer to this, but the this answer is isn't to, good.
0: to racism.
1: <laughs> the answer isn't, isn't good poverty. for humanity.
0: No. Yep.
1: Yeah. And like I said, and I'll repeat it, um, I don't think they're going to get away with it.
0: I think I something's going to
1: happen. Um, I don't think they're going to get away with it. Everything they've done is just totally against the laws of nature and goodness and universe and human. You know, crimes against humanity are incalculable. Um, and I just, I just don't think they're going to get away with it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I sincerely hope I'm right. (laughs) Yeah. All we can do is just keep spreading the word and spreading the word, keep doing these type of interviews and, and just, you know, hopefully we'll get to keep expanding our audiences and not always talking to the same people over and over you know, that, that's why I, am my, my mind's always been open. Like I used to think that I was awake, you know, by listening to Michael Savage and, and Ben Shapiro and, and, you know, Alex Jones. But I, I just, it took me a long time to realize that they're just controlled opposition and that they're allowed to do and say what they say because they're under, they're under control, you know. Otherwise, people like us, you know they they would shut us off immediately because we're we're talking too much truth
1: (laughs) well i'll let us let them keep us on as long as they want Yeah. (laughs) yeah you know but it's um and and again thank goodness there's a lot of people that are doing their own thing and coming together um you know i've heard them called citizen journalists or you know whatever it's it's super important and Just start looking in your own communities with different eyes. Yeah. And I can guarantee you'll find things, whether it's your your parks or your rivers or your schools or your libraries or your courthouses, especially the older buildings in your community.
0: I mean, it was just amazing in that little town of Rockwall. I mean, there's not even... I don't even think there's 5,000 people there. And yet there is a whole history that's just hidden there you know (laughs) josh reeves youtube i wrote his name down (laughs) i think i saw
1: some of his work first back around 2013 2014 um and that was really probably around the last time that i saw it but it's got plenty of information in there so check it out
0: yeah. It, it's amazing. When we were driving back from Cleveland, you know, my wife and I were just looking at all these structures and we're like, oh, that looks like one of those energy buildings, they, you know, cause the, the churches, they had these like, you know, resonating like um, windows and now they have the glass window to, to prevent the, uh, the organs from projecting the sounds that were healing for all the people. And that's, that's one of the theories that you know, the music would heal people or they would make people feel however they wanted them to feel. And it was always a positive thing. I believe that. I absolutely and, believe that. And to cover up that history, I mean, they took out the organs and they took out, they they close off those those uh, resonators. And so now we don't, you know, we can't, um, we can't feel good, you know. And then those. they
1: replace it with frequencies that aren't good for us. Right. That cause... Anxiety and anger and things like that. I mean, so we're all listening to music
0: up. with the the 440 hertz, which co- which is a chaos frequency. When really we should be listening to music with the 432 hertz, which is healing and calming and soothing. And you know, I was telling my wife, you should tune your guitar into 432. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And I know there's a lot of musicians that are doing that, yeah. and a lot of um, relaxing kind of videos that you can find on YouTube. And the solfeggio frequencies,
0: which yeah, are yeah, that's healing. it. Solfeggio, that's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, lots of stuff to find out. I know my to-do list grows all the time. So, my my challenge is finding the time to get it all done.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but oh, that so, I will. <laughs> um. So you're putting out a book, right? When is that? Um...
1: So, so um, basically, I've got a publisher, and um, I'm putting my logged together in different ways. So, I've got a book on the um physical evidence for the planetary grid system and the suppressed global civilization that I'm working on um the the final edits for the editor and hopefully it will be out as an ebook in the next couple of weeks. Um Very where cool. where all that information will be all together in one place and then I'm going to do the same thing for for other work I've already done. Um
0: you're probably gonna have to do series of books. It's gonna it, be a series, yeah, for sure. Because that's a lot of information. Because sometimes your your videos are just all over the place, and then you have videos mm-hmm. responding to comments, and that's a whole other thing. Because people from all over the the world, I mean, they make comments to you from your, in your videos about what they discover in their local city, which is like a cool thing. I I, I love watching those because mm-hmm. it's I, not. I've- It's not just your perspective, but it's, you know, people are engaging with you, which is cool. I've
1: had some real breakthroughs from doing that because I, my work is based on the alignments that I found, but when people bring in other places, I wouldn't be looking at otherwise. I'm finding other things. So um, it's a collaborative process and, you know, it's exciting Mm. and you know i I definitely feel like I have help from the other side and that I'm just a, a well informed vessel and I'm just trying to get this out as quickly as I can so mm-hmm. it's when I say that it's like it's not it's not me per se um, but that there are positive forces that want this information back into our awareness and um, again I know there's other people that are it, I'm sure being used in the same way, they're just getting that information out there.
0: Well, I'm sure you know spreading this information. It's creating a lot of positive energy, so you're getting a lot of good vibrations from all your watchers. I mean, anyone who disagrees with you is not going to stay on your channel very long. They're just right. going to be like, "Oh, this is crap," and then <laughs> they'll they'll be gone. You know, which I don't is agree. what we hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm. I wouldn't be putting it out there if I didn't have good reason to believe Mm it. And, you know, it's certainly something that at the very least is thought provoking. Um, And that's the way that I try to put it together is, you know, kind of show you what I found and, or, and, or how I got to why I believe something. And that usually involves a comparison of some kind, you know, this is in China and this is in Oklahoma sort of thing. Um, And let, the viewer, as much as possible, either draw your own conclusions or do your own research because that's it right. is thought-provoking at the very least. And that's how I even got into this. Um, it's like, wait a minute, this how, what? And, and I needed a way to show people what I was seeing. And I'm a good writer, so it was kind of a natural fit for me to start blogging. And from there, it was natural to start making videos.
0: Yeah, because there's, there's physical evidence that proves your theories. You know, it's not, you know, it's like you know, like time travel. I mean, that's all speculation. You know, there's yeah, that possibility. That. No, even though it's a strong coincidence.
1: <laughs> but, I, but I can show you the same style of architecture in Guthrie, Oklahoma, that I found in Invercargill, New Zealand, which is at the tip of New Zealand. It looks like the same building.
0: <laughs> mm. <That's laughs> looks like no exactly accident. the same
1: building and I found the same type of architecture in Siberia you know so there's like one hand of design that's running through this and um, you know they can hide it by not putting it in the written record but it's much harder to hide in the physical record yeah. you know and that includes giant bones and things like that and that's a whole other topic you know, yeah, about that's, the Smithsonian coming in and swooping up all these bones that used to be in museums or on display somewhere. Oh, can't have that, so mm-hmm. they get whisked away and you know speculation they're under the Smithsonian in the basement or were shipped out to the middle of the ocean and shoved overboard. Um, but that's part of the story as well. We were much bigger.:
0: Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of stories about the Smith, Smithsonian just hiding all this information and, and, you know, archeological records and we'll never see it out in the public because they don't want us to find it. It's just like the, the, you know, the Vatican. I mean, they have tons of data and history that we will never see because they don't, they don't want us discovering what is in our past, you know?
1: But fortunately that's the beauty of the internet. Cause there's things on the internet that they never wanted us to see either. And I know I wouldn't be able to do the research. I've I've been to a lot of the places and I've taken my own pictures, but there's a lot of places I haven't ever been to. So I have to rely on that. Um, and the research I'm doing right now on the 1990s, um, interesting to find out that the World Wide web was created by someone who worked for CERN over in Switzerland. Mm. Um, the internet was coming out about that time. He developed the World Wide Web. His name is Tim Berners Lee. He's still alive. Um, he developed the World Wide Web. The first website was a CERN website. <laughs> um, I really don't think that the internet was created for us to wake each other up. but that's what happened.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was supposed to be like it, an interweb it, for I the think, government only.
1: I think it, I think it was supposed to be a control mechanism. Mm. And I think they lost control of it. <laughs> yeah. Because what I'm seeing is all the stuff I'm seeing is that it was created by by the controllers.
0: I mean, they could have just left everything as it was and just, you know, I mean, we were very mind controlled because we only had television. We only had radio. We only had newspapers. So we thought we were being told the truth. But, you know, all those outlets were You know, I mean, that was, that was like the pinnacle of mind control, really. And then movies to make us fantasize about what, what could be. And I mean, they would reveal everything in movies. We just didn't know it. (laughs) Right.
1: And we go to movies and what do we eat? We eat junk food.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The lower army. Which is, which is
1: literally, literally junk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of pieces to it. Um, but uh, but thankfully, we're living at an exciting time, albeit scary, but still very exciting. And um, you know, the faster we can spread the awakening, um, you know, they they can't stay hidden and they can't keep their dark activities out of our out of sight anymore. And that's what's happening.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely living on the edge of my seat. I mean, I have you know a bug out bag and. We have our weapons and we have our heirloom seeds that we're, <laughs> like, yeah, and we're just ready to go at any moment. given just, yeah. uh, but if like they I, have-
1: I have a like I said, I have a a car. It's kind of been turned into a a camper, sort of. It's a SUV. Mm-hmm. Um, I have supplies in there, um, but I got that ready to go a couple of years ago. And again, my my optimism has been increasing and. I, I don't want to have to ever go that route.
0: Oh, but, I don't either.
1: Um, but I also don't ever want to have to end up in a reeducation camp or <laughs> donating my organs without my consent. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that's what that's kind of what some of the activities that controllers have going on in other countries. But um, again, I'm I'm very optimistic that things have changed and we're not going to be going in that direction.
0: I hope not, <laughs>
1: but I'm in an options person. So I like to keep my options open, but yeah. uh, I really, you know, and the deeper I get into this research and the more that I see, it's like, they're not going to get away with this. Yeah. So um, I think things are, I think there are good people that have been planning for a long time to figure out a way to stop them Mm-hmm. and i think we're i think we're at the tail end of those plans so if i'm right we should see something relatively soon or sooner rather than later to stop the criminals cuz that's what they are
0: i'll go with that optimism you know <laughs> i like to stay optimistic i don't want to be all doom and gloom and just yeah. you know ready to give up i mean that's that's the yeah, that's not an and option. You,
1: and I don't know if what you see from your community, but I know what I see from my community is people are waking up.
0: Yeah, a lot of oh, people. Yeah, I mean, up. more and more people are, that I talk to are they're they're just really open to the idea. They just don't have, they just don't know the information's out there, you know. But they're getting clues little by little. They're getting clues, and all the the stuff that's happening in the news right now, it's all very suspicious and everybody's Mm -hmm. catching on. It's like, well, why are they pushing this so hard? I mean, if this was really deadly, then everybody would just be dropping like flies all around us at all times if it was that deadly, you know? Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of mind control and there's a lot of manipulation and, you know, the fact that every commercial has something to do with the, you know, the the scene. I I can't even say the word.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely critical yeah um you know anybody that's trying to get the truth out there um in a genuine way is really critical to to helping other people and everything that you do has significance so don't not do something because you don't think it's going to help and i'm i'm not addressing that to you mikey i'm just kind of saying that in general just just do what you're motivated to do and don't not do something because you don't think it's going to make a difference.
0: Yeah, and that's what I've been doing. I've been trusting my gut, and you know, at first I was really afraid to talk to people and, and talk about things that are kind of like a anti-mainstream, you know, because I worked in entertainment for a good ten years, and everybody seems to just go with the flow and just believe what they're told, and you know there's a lot of easy manipulation and so I I felt like I had to keep my mouth shut and not say things certain things so all this stuff that I had always researched and understood I just kept to myself you know because I was surrounded by people who would just you know unfriend me or not talk to me anymore and I just got to a point where I just didn't really care you know they weren't really my friends if I couldn't really be honest with them you know
1: and then you know in a similar way not exactly the same but when i first started blogging and making videos i was nervous you know i knew what i had to put out there was different um and if it had been really negative i probably would have stopped a long time ago yeah because uh, i don't think i could have handled it
0: <laughs> if yeah. i
1: was being constantly attacked but that's not what's happened no that's not what's happened at all and um you know said earlier i mean i'll keep doing this as long as i'm i can and move to other platforms when i have to but i don't have to so because a lot of people
0: are beginning to sense that there is something wrong or they've always sensed that there's something wrong and they just didn't know how to find that information or, or seek it out you know I was that way. I always felt there was something wrong with this world that we lived in and we were being lied to. I just didn't know what it was. I would look at things and think, that's really weird. You know, how how did, how did this get built when, you know, we didn't, we barely had trains.
1: (laughs) I can tell you, um, between 2018 and 2020, um, I started in June of 2018 and by June-ish of twenty twenty, I had six thousand subscribers on YouTube. Between last year and now, I have grown to thirty. I'm almost at thirty-three thousand. Yeah, um, and that's a year.
0: That's that's incredible. And, a year.
1: <laughs> and my my blog hasn't grown as much. Like I have like two hundred and fifty followers on my blog, but I have a lot more visitors than that. And I would say, in the last year, year and a half, I get well over, well over a hundred views a day from all over the world, and that's without any marketing or anything like that. That's just organic. That's just with your people, blog.
0: With,
1: yeah, with people finding me. So even though I don't have comparatively many followers on my blog, I have a lot of views. And you know, again, for somebody that's not known, you know, I'm not an author. I'm not a speaker or anything yeah. like that you know to have that kind of um viewership literally from all over the world
0: yeah
1: and i'm saying at least 100 views <laughs> so 200 300 400 is not uncommon of people that are just finding it yeah um so it's it's definitely working its way out there
0: yeah and i'm slowly starting to get some tra- traction like um, I just felt like you know interviewing music artists it, no there was no like interaction there was n- no real interest and in, unless it's someone that they already currently know you know and i just felt like you know there, there's no engagement there's no one commenting there's no interaction at all so i, I might as well talk about something that i actually enjoy if i'm going to get no reaction or no enjoyment <laughs>
1: you know?
0: uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And we just scratched the surface.
0: Yeah. You know, oh, there's this is, there's this a is lot nothing.
1: more. A lot more.
0: Well, Michelle, I, 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 this was such an honor to have you on the show. Um, I mean, I, I was surprised that you contacted me back so quickly. It was like within like not even an hour. <laughs> so I just figured because you had so many subscribers and you've done so much content that you wouldn't, you know, would have taken a week to get back to me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And, and I hopefully, you know, people watching are, are learning something and they subscribe to your channel and, and to your blog and your Patreon.
1: Well, thank you again, Mikey. And, uh, you know, just let me know if you ever want to have me back on again or a particular area that I'll, that I'll concentrate on.
0: Yeah, maybe um, we'll have you back on once you, uh, you do your book release and then we'll, we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah. Okay, that would be cool.
0: Yeah. All right, Michelle. Well, you enjoy your weekend and uh, have a great year. And hopefully I'll see you at the Unguru. I'll, I'll try to make it out there because the next conference is... Um, oh, the,
1: it's the Human Origins. Unguru uh, is on online. It's com, And I have a page there and um, some classes that I offer in sacred geometry and also um, course or exclusive content. And then there's a whole bunch of other things on the site people that subscribe and then I was a speaker at the human origins conference which was online this past year and I'm also going to be a speaker next year and it's going to be in Albuquerque in May cool uh, 2022 human origins conference um, so that's coming together now
0: that's in May and right? uh, that's in May yeah
1: and uh, great speakers uh, Linda Moulton howe is going to be on the speakers um, but a th- number of other people that are really good. So that's exciting. Yeah. And, you know, little by little things are happening and it's just a uh, never ending.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, but it's, it's also a joy to be able to do this work.
0: Yeah. We would probably should get, um, uh, what's his face from Bushwagging Tartaria to come out there oh, with, with you.
1: <laughs> yeah. For Dustin. Yeah. He does yeah. great, great then, work. Uh, great guy.
0: David Weiss. He might be a good candidate to be a part of that.
1: <laughs> yeah so the community is growing and um you know a lot of good people involved with it and i really appreciate the work that you do mikey
0: oh thank you that means a lot yeah so
1: all we'll right. talk all again
0: right. soon all right <laughs> we'll see you around okay. I'll, I'll put the the all your links in the description that way people can find you and then um, I'll, I'll send you the link to to the video once it's uh, once it goes out okay sounds all right. great all right, all all right. right. you take care. A lot. take care you too yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for watching this episode of KGUP Presents. Be sure to follow Michelle Gibson on Piercing the Veil of Illusion by clicking the links in the description. And if you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of this show. And if you love this show, you can support us by purchasing a t-shirt, hat, or even a sling bag. Just go to www.kgup10 kgup1065.com forward slash shop the links are also in the description and for a limited time these t-shirts are at a special price for only 13 dollars. these shirts are high sorry these shirts are high quality so they look cool and you're supporting a great cause and they're intentionally priced so low it's impossible to break your bank so there's no excuses not to get one And be sure to tune in tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, because we have another special guest. We have the legendary Karen B. of Strange World unveiling this realm, Bitsch's Brew, and as seen at Flattoberfest and Solar Returns. And best of all, we are broadcasting live for the very first time. Oh, my God. I'm, like, so nervous. And uh, if everything goes as planned, we will take some calls from you guys. And you can ask Herbie a question yourself. So thanks again for watching KGUP Presents. Until next time, this is Mikey J. I'm out.